Today in Canadian history for June the 17th, I'm Joe Barima. On this day back in 1753, the first church service in the settlement of Lunenburg was conducted in the crisp open air of the province of Nova Scotia. It was a Sunday and the service was preached in French, English and German. The languages were representative of the recent settlers in the newly named village. The settlers from Germany, Switzerland and France were labeled as foreign Protestants by the British. Originally hard-working agrarian people, out of necessity they were forced to turn to the ocean for their livelihood and survival. Out of their battle with the sea came a shipbuilding legacy. In fact, the famous Canadian schooner, the Blue Nose, was launched at Lunenburg. Ralph Getson is the curator at the Fisheries Museum of the Atlantic in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. I spoke with him about the town's rich settlement history that stretches well back before the so-called foreign Protestants' arrival. Okay, well, it would be the Mi'kmaq, uh, that's uh, the, the group that was here and, and are here to this day. And uh, they start showing up in the province, well, uh, after the last ice age, uh, around 10,000 years ago. And uh, Mi'kmaq, the word Mi'kmaq means uh, my kin friends. That's what it translates into in their language. And they were a hunter-gatherer people. Uh, they spent their, their winters inland where they hunted uh, moose and uh, beaver and what have you. And then in the, the spring and summer, they would come to the coastal regions of the province uh, to go for, uh, for shellfish and for uh, lobsters in tidal pools. And in some cases, they actually went out in canoes after porpoise and, uh, and small whales. The Acadians were the first of the Europeans to, to actually meet these, uh, the Mi'kmaq, and uh, they show up on this coast in 1604. Uh, Pierre de Guy, Sir de Mons, uh, so-called, came to Cape La Haye in 1604. That's about 12 miles along the coast here. And his navigator at that time was Samuel de Champlain. And uh, so uh, Champlain and, uh, and de Mons moved up into the Bay of Fundy, where they established a settlement. But um, they, the Acadians then had a, a permanent, a little more permanent arrangement in the 1630s um, at La Haye, they knew this region along here, um, in this area, the bay that is today Lunenburg, uh, they carried on a, a, a timber or lumber operation there. Why, there were a couple of families of the French who remained in this area, uh, intermarried with the Mi'kmaq, and so there have always been people in this region. Um, they made their livelihoods with uh, small subsistence farming. They did some coastal fishing, and they offered their services as pilots for uh, ships coming up from New England. When Halifax was founded, they brought with them some settlers from Great Britain, but they brought with them 200 uh, Swiss and German foreign Protestants, so-called by them. And these uh, 200 uh, settlers uh, seemed to be just the right material that you wanted for settling. They were very peaceable, uh, they were hardworking, um, and uh, sort of self-reliant. And they said, gee, these are these are good people to have around us. We're trying to populate the province with loyal British subjects. Uh, let's get some more. <laughs> so they got, a, they got themselves an agent, uh, John Dick, and he was tasked with uh, encouraging more of these people to come to settle in the New World. And he did what a lot of people do, put up an advertisement. Uh, he went through what today is central and southwestern Germany um, and Switzerland, and the Montbilliard district of what is today France at that time, which was a German uh, principality of French-speaking Lutherans. And he put up uh, an advertisement 
um, on probably the the city hall door and the church steps and these sorts of places, advertising uh, this uh, land in the new world. Anyone that would agree to come here uh, would be promised that they would receive uh, uh, 50 acres of land uh, free from rent for 10 years. They would be given all the implements and so forth that they required uh, to get started, building materials, ammunition, food for the first little while. And, uh, you know, they described this as a wonderful place with uh, fertile soil and uh, a mild climate, and uh, it really sounded pretty good. And around 2,400 people took them up on the offer. Uh, They came between uh, 1750 and 1752, uh, first to Halifax. The the advertisement told them uh, when the ships would be leaving from Rotterdam. They had to make their way to Rotterdam to catch the ships across, the transports across. And the first place they took them to was Halifax. The people who came here, they were an agrarian people, an inland people, and they came here to, to farm. Uh, had they gone to the Annapolis Valley, I bet you that's what they would have done completely. That'd be the story of uh, far, the German farmers who went there. But they got here in Lunenburg County, and if you've ever been to the county, if you're going to farm granite, this is a great place to come. But <laughs> there's not a lot of, of soil not large that will support large-scale farming. Yes, it's subsistence farming, and usually just the little hills or the hummocks that are around where the good soil is, there's a lot of stone in the land. So they found, they tried, you know, they tried farming, providing root crops first to Halifax and firewood to Halifax. But within a generation, they realized that right at their doorstep, they had the, the North Atlantic. And they, within a generation, turned from, from farming to become fishermen. Well, the plan of the British authorities at first was to have this new group of people settled in the area where the Acadian population was was most predominant, up around Windsor and up in the Bay of Fundy. There were around 20,000 of them living up there at that time. So they had hoped that they would mingle and assimilate and that sort of thing. They realized that that probably wasn't going to be an easy thing to do because there'd be troubles um, between the religious strife and so forth. So then they needed to find a place for these people. They promised them land. Uh, over half of them were farmers, so they wanted to get on with the business of farming. So they were looking for a place where they could uh, could establish them and let them get on with the business of settling. And they chose uh, this area down here, 60 miles down the coast from Halifax, a day's sail. So at least they could put them on the land let them get on with the business of settling, and if, if need be, they were close enough that they could protect them with, uh, with warships if needed. So the, uh, the place they brought them to was, uh, it was known by the authorities in Halifax at the time and by, by the French before them as Merleguiche, which was an old name that the Mi'kmaq had for this bay, uh, because when the wind is, is from the southeast here, uh, there are white caps on the water, and it looks like froth on milk. So they called it Milky Bay, which translates to Merleguiche. So the authorities in Halifax chose uh, one of the uh, titles of the, the king at that time, George II. Uh, one of his ancestral titles, he was the Elector of Hanover and the Duke of Brunswick-Lunenburg. So they took Lunenburg or Lunenburg uh, as the title. So that's the name they gave to the place. <laughs> The town has been the site of various raids and insurrections, particularly in the mid-1700s. 
One of the more notable raids is the so-called Sack of Lunenburg in 1782. The, the, the most famous one is uh, what's known as the Sack of Lunenburg, and that took place during the American Revolution. And, of course, many of the settlements in Nova Scotia were harassed by enemy privateers from the, the, the new colony, the, the American colonies. And uh, Lunenburg had its own on the morning of the 1st of July, 1782, a uh, woman by the name of Magdalena Schwartz, uh, living on a farm about two miles from the town towards the ocean, went out to milk her cow and looked up to see 90 armed men coming through the grain piece. Uh, so she ran to the house and alerted her husband, Leonard, and he took off for town on foot to try and uh, get to the blockhouse. Well, they fired at him. They were so close behind him that they fired at him, and a, a bullet passed through his coat, mind you. But he did get to town, but not in time. Uh, and the privateers took one of the blockhouses. And the the number of men that would have been around here at that time probably would have been close to 60 men if they had all been in town. But through various things, through being out on their lots and, and some of them on, on the banks fishing and what have you, why uh, there were only probably around 20 men left in the town against a force of 90. So they captured the blockhouses. They burned the, the house of one of them, uh, the militia colonel. Uh, they just generally <laughs> waylaid the place, took stores uh, from the uh, uh, from the warehouses down on the waterfront. Uh, they looted, and pillaged, and did whatever they wanted, really. <laughs> uh, there were some acts of heroism. A few of the men managed to get in the western blockhouse and and carry, you know, put up a little bit of a fight, but there were only a couple of them in there. Uh, one of the servants, she ran uh, to the blockhouse and kept carrying cartridge and ball in her in her apron to to keep them keep it manned. <laughs> so they left. I guess they did quite a they quite a bit of damage. They they took prisoners and uh, and demanded a thousand dollar ransom note from the town, to, you know, that it wouldn't be pillaged again. Uh, but uh, that was never paid, and the prisoners were later released. They figured they probably ch- caused around, probably in the, in the range of around uh, 10,000 pounds worth of, uh, of damage and, and stolen goods. As always, today is a day full of Canadian history. Sheila Copps was re-elected into Parliament on this day back in 1996 in a by-election. And noted physician Anna Hilliard was born on this day back in 1902, Dr. Hilliard was instrumental in the push to have Women's College Hospital become a teaching hospital. And as always, on this day, we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CJSW at 90.9 FM in Calgary. The executive producers are Joe Barima and Mark Affeld. Original music is provided by the Fisk, Fletcher and May Trio. This series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series, or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cgswcom slash Today in Canadian History.